Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Expansion Pack Podcast, where we download this week's gaming news, and we bring it straight to you on episode 57. I'm your host, Danzel, aka Black Ice, joined by my amazing co-host each and every week. Starting off with Manny, aka Goopmaster Flex. What's going on, bro? You already know, stay gooping. Stay gooping. Stay gooping. And down below, we got my man. Mr. Five Two Five himself, May twenty fifth, ladies and gentlemen. In the building, in the building, in the flesh. Let's get it. I don't even know if you guys heard that clap. I apparently have very, very good uh, noise cancellation going on, but in the building, in the building. All right. Well, <clears throat> this is our uh, this is our first official news episode of twenty twenty two. You know, two weeks ago we had the awards show episode. The week after that, or last week, more specifically, we had our predictions for 2022. So, you know, we're finally getting into some news. Um, we actually haven't talked about what we've been playing in a while. It's usually been the same thing, but, you know, considering it's uh, considering, you know, we had a whole holiday. Uh, yeah, a couple of holiday weeks, I guess you could say, you know, maybe there's some stuff that you guys picked up on sale or some new things you've been playing. Um, so with that being said, you know, Manny, I'll start off with you. Is there anything new that you've been playing or what are you playing recently? I mean, you know, ever since the new Fortnite update, I've just been on that a lot more lately. Um, but I want to say I haven't bought any new games for the holiday, even though I was so tempted to buy like a couple, like that Mafia and Trilogy thing, just to play the remaster of one or two. Uh, two especially was my favorite, but sadly it didn't get to pick that up. But other than that, I've just been sticking to the same bread and butter. Uh, mostly BRs like Fortnite. Um play a little bit of Rise Republic 2. Uh, that game's a nice, chill game. Still on sale. That junk's been on sale for like two months now. Um, I was Game Pass, bro. I know it. I'm surprised it hasn't, I feel but... it, bro. know it's coming. Um, you know, a little bit of 2K here and there, so... And, you know, a little bit addicted to Clash of Clans now on the phone, so that's, uh... I would say what I've been doing. Okay. Clash of Clans. Okay, switching it up. Um, yeah, sadly. <laughs> sadly. How much money you dropped on it? I only bought like the um, season passes for it, so they're like wow. five dollars. Ladies and gentlemen, if you guys know anything about Manny, um, this man bought all the Fortnite dances, all of them. That's different, though. Mm, it's a lifestyle, <clears throat> bro. That's an obsession. That ain't no lifestyle. God damn, <laughs> that's, that's a different type of lifestyle for me. But uh, let me live, bro. Mr. Five Two Five, what you been playing over the uh, holiday break? Um, a lot of the same shit that I'm always playing. Uh, um, being real, I've been doing just a lot of like grinding for weapons and destiny over the last like week or two. Like I've been just killing that dungeon. Bro, I must have ran that shit like fifty times. Mm-hmm. Well, not in entirety. So basically, I met this LFG group. The dude's pretty chill, you know. And there's a way to kind of like save the boss checkpoint. And then just keep on restarting it right there, bruh. I have crushed it, right? And for all y'all that don't know yet, even though if you play the game, you do know this, bro. That Ice Luna hand cannon is, and I suck with hand cannons. I but that shit, 
bro, I'm hitting headshots as dudes is going around corners. I mean, it, it's so sticky. It's so sticky, bro. Pause. Pause. Throw that on that, but it's it's a very good gun. Um, and that's that's been more or less it. Even though I am excited though, I just finally got a that's a fact the legendary edition downloaded, and I got Plague Tale as well because I'm excited to play that first one before the new one comes out. So I definitely got a lot of shit on my plate to play, but mm-hmm. over the holidays. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, the Legacy Collection finally had Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, like nice. two days ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the is it Legendary Edition or Legendary Collection? Or? Probably collection. I, so. I mean, it, it is a collection of games, but I think they yeah. can call it Legendary Edition. I don't know. Either way, I've been playing that as well. Um, I, um, it it just went on Game Pass, so I haven't really gotten past the first game, but definitely enjoying myself there. I'm glad I waited because I was gonna buy it. I'm glad I didn't Same. buy it. Um, playing it in 120 frames, though. Oh, I didn't know it was unlocked for 120. Mm-hmm. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. Huh. Yeah. Is there any other games that are set up that way? Because from up until now, I always thought that was like a, a PvP feature. Huh. No. I didn't know that. Halo Infinite, uh, 120. Gears, 120. I would say it all depends on the game. Yeah. Mostly multiplayer games it will probably be like unlocked, like HOD, like Dental said, Gears and Halo. But yeah. most of the time, the story like heavy games would have like an unlocked frame feature or like max up to 16 most likely. Yeah. But there's, there's a pretty good amount of single player games that have the 120, but they, mm-hmm. they do tend to prioritize the multiplayer stuff because you know, that's what you would it want. It makes sense. Yeah. But For yeah, sure. it, it's yeah. Like Manny said, it, it depends on the game. Um, but yeah, aside from that, aside from mass effect, um, I also been playing the artful escape. It's a really beautiful game in Game Pass. I'm pretty sure it was nominated for Best Art Design or Art Direction or something like that at the Game Awards. I think so, um, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's one of those like weird Annapurna uh, interactive games that, you know, that it's just kind of like a, a toss up about what you could possibly be playing or doing in any of their games, but it's always like an interesting story. It's always a different angle um they probably like make the the most unique collection of games in my opinion annapurna um i'm pretty sure they're responsible for 12 minutes as well right yeah yeah, yeah, i remember yeah so um i've only dabbled in it a little bit but the the music and the the like visuals are are really beautiful um it's definitely an interesting game to play so if, if you guys have game pass out there you know definitely go ahead and check that out artful escape um yeah, and then other than that, I, I pretty much been playing like all the the usual stuff. Been getting a little bit more into 2K, trying to, uh, you know, Manny's been dodging us every time we try to play direct center. Bro, you be asking me at like one o'clock in the morning. I'm sleeping already, so <laughs> I don't be asking you at one o'clock in the morning. The last time I got on and you were you were actually just in the party. You just weren't saying nothing. Manny has this Bro, new thing I, now where he just I got in the party. I got the text from Devin. It was at twelve like fifty, and I was already slumped by then. <laughs> I woke up in the morning. I was like, "Oh, that sucks." <laughs> oh, that's saying, you know, hey, I'm around today. You're around today. You know, All right. yeah. I mean, play some 2K. You know, it's the morning time, so we got plenty of day. Exactly. Exactly. We got all day, baby. Um, but yeah, yep. it's it's pretty much 2K, Madden, Rocket League, like the usuals outside of those two new games. Um, but you know, obviously, it's a new year. Uh, 
a bunch of new games on the horizon uh, next month in particular, like like we were talking about before the show. We got uh, Dying Light, we got Elden Ring coming, Horizon, Forbidden West. So definitely looking forward to getting some new stuff in for the new year. I like that little pun you did. You said new games on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm good at that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, let's, let's let's get into get into our usual flow with the episode here. So, Chris, we're gonna have you start it off with your icebreaker. Um, I hear it's a pretty good one this week. So uh, let's see what you got. It is uh, definitely a very good one. I'd like to say uh, I was inspired by uh, a conversation that we had recently for this icebreaker. Um, so as y'all know out there, Marvel, they've been knocking them out of the park with every single thing that they kind of been dropping for the MCU stuff. And now they're getting to the point where uh, there's canon material within the TV shows. Like, And if you don't watch the TV shows, you're going to like have loopholes in your knowledge or gaps in your knowledge or whatever when you're watching the new movies coming up. They're doing this beautiful thing where before they just weaved all the movies together. Now it's the movies and the TV shows woven together. And if I'm coming up with my icebreaker for the week, I'm wondering what if Marvel said to themselves, we want to introduce another character into the MCU and give them a canon story, but we're going to do it via a video game. We're not going to do it with a movie first. We're not going to do it with the TV show first. We're going to introduce this character with a video game. So question being is what character do you think that has not been introduced yet would work well in that format and whatever happens in the video game they have to acknowledge on the big screen you know what i'm saying so for for that i guess i'll just start off and give you guys my answer and shit you know what i'm saying okay so i kind of have a two-part answer my first answer would have been Really think they should do like a Silver Surfer? I knew it. Game. I think they should do that. How would you know? I knew it. I knew it. Because you said you said it's something that they've dabbled in in the past, and that he's not really a mainline character. And I was like, it's Silver Surfer. I knew it, bro. I knew it. Well, whatever. Since apparently he's Miss Cleo, all of a sudden, uh, <laughs> but like awesome real shit, awesome real shit, right? Because I know they're doing a new movie for Fantastic Four, right? And I don't know. I'm just thinking about in a video game format. And you have a guy who's able to do interstellar traveling and do all this crazy, cool, cosmic shit. I just think it would be a really cool format to do in a video game. You know what I mean? Being able to be on your surfboard and you're flying through the cosmos and you're doing whatever you're doing. And it's almost... um kind of in the same sense how, how I think they would make a Captain Marvel video game where, you, you know, she's kind of like a cosmic warrior almost in a sense where she kind of like defends multiple planets other than just Earth. She's got a lot of shit on her plate. Um, I just think it would be a really, really cool dynamic for a video game for sure. And I also think, you know, Silver Surfer in general is just a fucking cool ass character. And, um, you know, you could tell Marvel's slowly getting to the point where they're like, all right, we really got to do some some mouth-to-mouth on this Fantastic Four franchise and uh, start trying to bring some of this shit back to where it needs to be. Um, So, yeah, I think that would be a really, really, really cool one for them to do. On the flip side, though, just to add this in as like honorable mention, I would also love to see them do this in like a X-Men Origins kind of way, but in a video game style for Apocalypse. 
reason being is because uh, I don't know if you guys remember that last movie that had Apocalypse in it. I don't remember if it was Days of Future Past, I think it was, or the one after that. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the best. Uh, I think it was just called best. Apocalypse. X-Men Apocalypse. Actually, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I waited for that movie for over 10 years. No, probably almost like 20. Since I was a kid, I wanted an Apocalypse movie. I wanted Justice League, and I was waiting for Apocalypse to show up in some way. They didn't do it right. Damn, you got disappointed twice, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah. But the apocalypse one hit me harder, though, because I didn't see how they fucked that up. Like, in my head, I'm like, there's certain characters I know exist. I'm like, yo, if you just give them a movie, there is no way to mess that up. The, the story's already there. It's already a good story. Just tell it. You know, and they still messed it up somehow. So I'm like, all right. Give my guy a video game. Do it in the same way, kind of almost like how y'all did a... Remember when they did the Magneto movie? And it was more like he's a villain, but like it was still his like origin and all that shit. Like I would love to see it done like that for Apocalypse in video game format. Mm. And that'd be mm. super dope. You're showing literally the beginning of what the mutants and all that are. And then literally if you want to drop the X-Men movie after that, I think it kind of can flow into each other. So like Yeah, that's just where I'm at with it. Mm. That's where I'm at with it. Um one thing I will say real quick <clears throat> about the Silver Surfer thing. And I, I told you I knew what you were going to say and that you were wrong. I think you're 100% wrong that he's not coming. Like, you said that he wasn't going to come anytime soon, and I think you're wrong. I think that Galactus is going to be introduced at some point soon. Um, I think we might have to get past King the Conqueror first, but I do think after that, Galactus will be the, the next big bad. Or he might be the big bad, like, kind of pulling the strings like like a Thanos, although I don't think they're going to go that yeah. way again. But... If you have Galactus, you kind of have to have Silver Surfer, especially if you're factoring in Fantastic Four. So I think we're going to be seeing Mr. Silver Surfer very soon. We'll see. We'll see. see. We'll see. I mean, apparently, I was clairvoyant enough to know that that was going to be your answer. So (laughs) before you knew it was going to be your answer, apparently. Uh, I definitely didn't know when we saw it. Okay, but yeah, Manny, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, like I, I hope this answer counts because, like, technically they had like something, but I don't think it was personally like tied in. But I think we should get a Punisher game that would be like tied into the MCU, unless I don't know if it's canon to like the MCU because of like the whole fiasco with Netflix and all that stuff going down. But I think a Punisher game. Maybe done by like a like maybe like a Max Payne style. I don't know. Like, I, I I think you know he deserves a lot more love, especially since the show itself was like pretty good. You know, bring back my boy John Bernthal somehow as a voice actor. I don't know how to translate from voice acting to you know like his regular acting, but like I think he's a pretty solid actor. Does a great job as a manga Punisher. So I think you know maybe shed a little bit more light, give us some game, and I feel like you know since my boy is the Punisher, and I'm sure a lot of people enjoy that. <laughs> and, okay. but, yeah, I, I feel like he deserves it. I, I agree with you, man. I would love to see that. I would love to see them take the exact character that they had in the Netflix series and just... Yeah, yeah John Brickle's my man. Yeah, he's really good. And he's raw, visceral, and, and all the, the things that you want to see out of a Punisher. And I think that it would lend itself perfectly to a game, especially because Marvel 
doesn't necessarily want to do too much uh, graphic stuff in their their TV shows and their movies. So mm-hmm. the video games may give them like a good outlet to just run wild. So I like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely like give them a little creative freedom and, you know, not, you know, like people know what they're getting into, you know, you can throw the information rating in it, you know. Exactly, exactly. Um, I like where you want with that because that's kind of the, the idea around my pick. Um, Chris, we talked about this person a couple a couple weeks ago as well. I do think he's coming soon, but um, I'm going to have to go with Ghost Rider. I think he would be uh, the perfect thing, creature, being, character to introduce in a game largely for a lot of the same reasons why I think the Punisher would be because I don't think Marvel wants to dive too deep into like the the hell and all the like gruesome uh, things that go along with his storyline like I don't think they want to depict that on screen or like they're maybe they're still trying to find the right way to depict it on screen it's kind of like the whole conversation around whether or not Mephisto is supposed to be in some of the shows or like if we're going to be seeing Mephisto soon like I don't know if Mar or Disney and Marvel want to like depict a devil <laughs> on like the TV and, and movie screens, like if they, if they are, they're going to have to find a really creative way to do it. Cause obviously these shows or shows and movies skew towards pretty much everybody of, of all ages. Like there's, there's a lot of things that they throw in there that wink to older people, but you know, it's, it's obviously presented in such a way that kids can watch it and, and enjoy it and so on. So you don't want to make it too heavy. Um, and I think that, while I do think we're going to get a Ghost Rider at some point soon, because it seems like the way that the Mar- the universe is going right now, they're going to have to get to that, like all the dark magic and all the other stuff that they've got going on. Um, but yeah, I think it'd make a dope ass video game because Ghost Rider is fucking badass, and mm-hmm. everybody loves yeah. him. I feel I feel like you know we're getting there because I mean even so we so you talk about them not like to get all dark and stuff like that, but we got Blade coming out, so exactly. like. You know, scared we're, we're getting there. I'm scared about that. Like, it's the one hang up I have on that movie is if they're gonna make it Blade. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, please, please. Like, please. Hopefully, hopefully, they don't like nerf it and just to tailor to the younger crowd. Yeah, yeah. Blade. The first Blade is very bloody, man. Like, it's a mm-hmm. lot. <laughs> it's, it's it's if they're, it's they're blade, gonna keep you know? if they're gonna keep Deadpool and Deadpool is. In my opinion, Deadpool is a lot worse than Blade would be. So if they're going to yeah, keep yeah, Deadpool sure. and they're not going to change him or any of that type of stuff, I think we don't have anything to worry about with Blade. I mean, the little, <laughs> uh, from what we know so far <laughs> about Blade and like where they're the, the direction that they're going with this, I already think they're doing a decent job. So um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think we have anything to worry about. But but we'll see. In my opinion, Disney has not missed with Marvel yet. They haven't haven't haven't. had a single miss. Like some people Mm -hmm. will definitely disagree. Like I know the internet's pretty torn on um, Captain Marvel, but like I think that Brie Larson's like perfect for that role. And I think that the the character Captain Marvel has always been annoying in the comic books. And I think that people forget that and they like I don't know, like put put that towards Brie Larson. But it's like no, Carol kind of sucked in the the comics. Like Mm. she. She almost killed like Spider Man for some stupid reason. Like she was kind of she's kind of a, a dick in the comic book. So I think they've so far kind of hit every nail on the head. So I think that they'll do Blade just right. I'm praying. Mm-hmm. I'm praying. I need them to because I will have an aneurysm if this movie is not. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just so excited they got my boy Marshall Ali, bro. Uh, Marshall is Marshall. Yeah, Marshall is a goat. He's a goat. Yeah, man. You gonna kill mm-hmm. him? 
Cottonmouth himself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, again, Chris, that was a that was a pretty banging icebreaker. Thank you for that. But uh, uh-huh. you already know it's time to talk about the games. The games, the games, the news of the week. Uh, we're starting off the news of the week with some disappointing news. Uh, something that we've alluded to. We were hoping we'd be able to actually go see and involve ourselves in, but alas, uh, Omicron is just destroying all our plans for 2022 already. Um, and that's E3. E3 has officially been canceled. Ugh, canceled. Well, they, not that's, a, not, that's not exactly their word. Not completely. You know, that's, that's not exactly their wording. Their wording is that it's moved to an online only event, but in my opinion, that means it's essentially canceled because we've been having online only events for the last two years. So mm-hmm. it is what it is. But um, the ESA did officially come out last week and they said that due to the ongoing health risks surrounding COVID-19 and its potential impact on the safety of exhibitors and attendees, E3 will not be held in person in 2022. Uh, they also say that we remain incredibly excited about the future of E3 and look forward to announcing more details soon. Um, stop me if you've heard this before. <laughs> like, oh man, I'm sure next yeah. year. I mean, I, I actually, I really do think this is the last year of the pandemic. Just pandemics typically last three years. So let me let me knock on some wood just in case this should want to get another vibe. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just think based off of history, like you know, pandemics t- typically on average last last about three years. So I think we're probably in the end stages of it. Whether like, and I don't, let me just say this, like, I don't think that it's going to end cleanly. Like, I don't, I don't think that it's going to end with like everybody being safe and COVID being gone or that type of stuff. I think it's just something that we're probably going to have to live with at this point, because I don't think we did what we needed to do when we needed to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So with that being said, I think there may be another, there may be E3 next year, but I feel like the, the, the fact that it's been diminished after these last, what, three years, two years, um, I don't know if E3 is ever going to really be the same again. Like, we, this is definitely something we talked about before. I think companies understand like they can go do their own events on their own time now. Um, I think Jeff Keeley in particular has kind of hit the nail on the head with his whole format of the Summer Games Fest. Even though you know we have our grips about it and we wish that things were a little bit more centralized, like E3 used to be. I think that even when it is safe to go out and do those things, like I don't think E3 is ever going to be the same again. Um, which is unfortunate, but uh, yeah, yeah, so sad. Who knows? Maybe Jeff Grubb might have, might have his own, uh, you know, in person event when things start to clear up. <laughs> Who knows, man? I don't know. Wait, Jeff Grubb or Jeff Keeley? Keeley, I, I, I accidentally said Grubb, that's yeah. my fault. Nah, nah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that'd be cool. I'm sure he would love to do that, but uh, you could de- you definitely can tell like his relationship with um the ESA and E3 has kind of fallen apart. So mm-hmm. it's part of why he went ahead and did the summer, his summer games fest thing, which he did announce is going to come back this, this uh, summer as well, which obviously it's a no brainer considering mm-hmm. you know, everything that's going on. Um, yeah. Well, we'll have to see what becomes of that. Chris, what do you, mm-hmm. what do you make of the news, man? I mean, it's not anything surprising, man. It's just, I guess the biggest thing for me that sucks is that, um, when we first doing, started doing the pod, like I was super excited to go to E3, but not even like for personal reasons, more so like, yo, we're going to have a big chance to meet people and, 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 and network and these things. Right. 
because I think that's one of the biggest things is just being in people's face. So them keep on canceling this shit, making life difficult, you know, and it's just, I don't know. I, I get it. I get why they're doing it. I, I'm not surprised at all again, like I said, but I'm just ready to kind of be able to kind of go back and be around gamers and have in-person conversations and shit like that again and all that stuff. Like, it's just... It sucks. It feels like all of our in in person interactions are being stripped away as gamers. Like down to even buying a video game. Like mm-hmm. all of them are different now. And um, I can't really say I fully enjoy it all the way. I, I I've, I've embraced the digital buying of games. I've embraced a couple other things that are nuanced now. But the events, man. I, I, I the, the don't get me wrong. The digital events are cool. But man, I really, really, really want to be able to go to an in person thing, a big one, not like a little things you know what i mean like maybe i don't know what they're gonna do with comic-con this year maybe that that'll be a uh, an option but damn it they always tax east true and i always forget to look up the dates for that every single time i gotta do that it's, after it's we go. typically march i honestly feel like pax east ain't gonna happen either man oh yeah true man yeah. yeah. i forgot covid yeah i think pa- pax is sooner <laughs> yeah so. pax is at, uh usually april i believe Okay. So, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not, it's not, <laughs> I really don't. I'm not gonna be there. Yeah, I'm definitely not gonna be there. Um, but hey, who knows? Maybe there's next year, right? <laughs> yeah, it's so sad. You know, but yeah. hey, I mean, it gives me time to save up money for the next trip, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, we'll see. Fresh. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, at least I will say, you know, I'm looking forward to at least the online event. You know, obviously, we're gonna get some news. We're gonna. And of course, you guys know we're gonna be there to uh, to do our live streams like we did last year. Um, we'll do mm-hmm. Microsoft, Sony, pretty much anyone who plans on. Well, Sony's probably not gonna do one if history repeats itself. But if anybody d- decides to do an actual live stream or um, press conference around that time frame, we're we're gonna be there to stream it. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be an eventful weekend. It will be. It will be indeed. But um, we did get some. Uh, just kind of pivoting to to new story here, but. We did get some new news, new news, some news from news. Ubisoft this past week. Um, kind of some of it, in a sense, to me was a little bit surprising, but it, obviously interesting nonetheless. Um, so two big things. First off, we got Rainbow Six Extraction it's coming to Game Pass day and date. Um, to be exact, I believe it's January 20th. So within that press press release or announcement or whatnot, Ubisoft snuck in there that Ubisoft Plus, which is their um, their PC subscription service that gets you literally all of Ubisoft's games for a set price. Um, it's apparently coming to Xbox. Now, when the announcement first came out, we all thought, is it coming to Game Pass? But um, they did go on to clarify that it is just coming to Xbox, which means. Oops, sorry about that. Which means that you can um I think they said that the price is gonna be fourteen ninety nine or or somewhere around that. I don't think they've they've ironed it out exactly, but mm-hmm. they did they basically said it's coming and that <clears throat> wait, you know, to, to get a little bit more news later on. Um I do think it's kind of interesting that it got announced this way in the beginning of the year. I feel like these types of these types of announcements or these types of changes like services, they usually end up coming at the end of the year. So I'm curious how that's going to go. In my opinion, I think it, it's kind of weird to like 
announced that Ubisoft Plus is coming, but then not actually have a date or like more information. It was just like, a, oh, by the way, it'll be here later this year. Like, poof, and now we're gone, you know? And, it, and another thing, too, is that it's weird to me that they would put Rainbow Six Extraction on Game Pass. I do think that that's largely because the game had no hype and they just wanted to drum up some hype for it. Um, but also if you have Ubisoft plus coming, like wouldn't you make more money by just keeping that game in Ubisoft plus interesting to me. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but that's why Chris, when you mentioned that writers Republic, you thought that was going to come to game pass. I was like, I don't now. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. You're right. I I think they're going to keep that within Ubisoft plus because you know, they just want to get your 15 bucks a month or whatever it turns out to be. So we shall see, but, uh, probably made a good point on that one for sure. For sure. But you know, Chris, what do you think about Ubisoft plus in general, or even just the rainbow six extraction? I know that's the game that we all kind of like laughed about when we saw it at E3. It's like, um, well, the rainbow six game, granted, I know it's got a lot of flack, but I'm actually, I'm not excited necessarily for the game, but I am excited to try it. Mm. Um, this this extraction one. This is the one that's the three v three format. Yep, with the uh, the abilities and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to try this because I remember when I saw the trailer. Um, TTKs and all that on the weapon seemed very similar, like COD or something like that. So I'm like, all right, if y'all if y'all lighting people up like this, I'm at least gonna try it and see if I like it. And I think it's one of those games that doesn't have a high bust potential because a lot of people already aren't taking it seriously, but it does have a high sleeper potential like that. I don't think the game looked bad when we saw the trailer. Like I, I, I just thought it looked okay. You know, it wasn't like bad or good. So given the fact that, um, you know, Battlefield didn't do it. <laughs> maybe, maybe, you know, they got a shot here to like at least make a dent in the FPS arena for the year. Nah. Um, <laughs> this ain't. I don't even maybe, think this is. This ain't even maybe, touching what Battlefield is doing because it's, it's literally I, just PVE. I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from it, but <laughs> I'm willing to try it and see what's good. Um, I do think it's interesting that it's in Game Pass Day One. Oh, whenever I see that, I think one of two things. I think if this game is really, really big, and Microsoft wanted to make sure it was in their thing on Day One, or the company isn't as confident about their ability to go out and actually get raw sales on their own two feet. So they say, let's go to game pass to help what we're doing. I feel like this is uh, some of the second option here, but uh, mm-hmm. even then I'm still definitely down to try it for sure. Um, it's a good option for us to get some content. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be fun to play. I just, it's to me, it strikes me as one of those games where it's like, you want me to pay $60 for that yeah. yeah yeah the game did not look appealing at all like it literally looked like a dlc for rainbow six siege that they're just shelling out for 60 dollars yeah. so i'm glad that you know it is coming to game pass day one and i'm glad it's not going you know it's not one of those things that's like oh if you want to play it on like a service you got to get ubisoft plus because i don't feel like spending another 15 dollars a month on another subscription but what is it called yeah, I mean, this is a great opportunity for the game to get some popularity, you know, especially since it is, you know, Game Pass on PC and Xbox, so it's accessible to pretty much a lot of people. Sorry, Sony fans, you're just going to have to wait. But what is it called? Um, I'm definitely down to try it. 
the game, like I said, just didn't look appealing because one, I'm not really into like that PVE as much, but you know, I'm sure, you know, we all pick up the game, have fun with it. And, you know, at worst, it's free. So like, exactly. at worst, we just yeah. delete it. <laughs> yeah. Shit, with with the Xbox, uh, with the cloud gaming thing, we only have to download it. You can just yeah. hit play. That's exactly how I'm playing Artful Escape, by the way. I didn't even bother downloading. <laughs> I just hit play. I was in there. It's like this is this is a perfect way to play a game with virtually no. um no investment other than just your time. Like it's not taking up space. It's not mm-hmm. way for a download, any of that type of stuff. So that's probably how I'm going to play this game. Rainbow Six uh, Extraction. But Chris, I will say this one thing though about, you know, you you're kind of talking about like it making a dent in like the first person shooter market. Like Rainbow Six Siege is still very, very good game. <laughs> it's still mm-hmm. very, very popular. Um, yeah, yeah. And it, it's it's in game pass so you could definitely go download that now like that's that is a very good pvp experience like that is high tension like um high risk reward like it's just it's just like gets your blood pumping like it's a really really good um i mean it's in essence i guess an arena shooter but like i don't know if i would con- consider it that i don't know what the right term for it is what are the what are i mean the- wouldn't i mean I, I would consider like a tactical kind of like you know it's definitely tactical but like it's like an asymmetrical shooter because it's it's very much designed like um you played um search and destroy chris in call of duty so in uh, call of duty yeah i played a couple times yeah. yeah so there's like an attacking side and the defending side and like mm-hmm. there you know each character has like its own abilities and stuff like that and mm-hmm. you know you you obviously like take turns attacking or defending the objectives and you should definitely check it out. Cause it's really good, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's li- literally the game looks like that game, but so, so on occasion, rainbow six siege will have these random events like with PVE or PVP content. This looks like that. And that's, I think why like people like Manny and I are like, so confused by it because it literally just looks like, a DLC or like a random event that you created in rainbow six. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I've yet yeah. to see anything that really separates it from that, but and they're still using the same operators. Too. Yeah, <laughs> same operators. It looks like virtually the same engine. Um, it's just, it's weird that like, you're trying to get people to pay money for this thing. I mean, I, I guess not, not now, but like trying to get people to pay money for this thing that in essence, they already have like, mm-hmm. And and siege is virtually what free to play now. It's just, I don't yeah, know. It's I mean, weird. practically, even so, you could probably find sales for it like at least like less than ten dollars. So yeah. it's just like, why am I gonna buy this game? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, the fact that it's in Game Pass now, you know, we'll we'll get to see for ourselves if it's really yeah. different. What about it differentiates itself? But. I remember when the trailer first came out and I was like, oh shit, okay, this is going to be dope, whatever, you know, and and then they actually like showed off the gameplay and I was like, this looks like Siege. Mm-hmm. I don't want this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. It, it's sad, but yeah, shout out to Xbox. Uh, you know, already putting out almost our money's worth in just one game in the beginning of the year. Yeah, literally. What <laughs> I mean, that one game and then obviously like we talked about Mass Effect is uh, up on Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 already off to a good start. Already off to a good start. Um, but flipping the flipping the coin from Xbox to Sony, um, we got two two pretty big stories from Sony this week. Um, one good, one bad. 
<laughs> so we'll we'll start off with the bad one first. Um, some some controversy. Well, actually, I guess mixed into it, there's uh, some more good news. But there's some controversy around that days gone again. Um, if you guys remember last year, that you know, uh, there's a story that got out that uh, Sony Bend, who's the creators of Days Gone, they were kind of displeased with Sony because they kind of just shot down the idea of a Days Gone two. Um, which I guess to some people from the outside looking in wouldn't be too surprising because that game got absolutely destroyed in the reviews. Um, I think on average, like it was like a 60 or 70 on Metacritic. So definitely wasn't a well-received game, but you know, with the news that they weren't making a days gone to a lot of people were upset. Uh, so it almost kind of didn't, the reviews didn't really match the, the fan perception of the game. Like a lot of people thought it was a good game. I think it went on to sell like roughly a million copies on PC when they had released it on PC last year. So, you know, a decent game by most standards, but um, this week or this past week, I should say um, it was announced that Ghost of Tsushima had officially hit 8 million copies sold, which is great news, right? Um, You know, I think Sony has multiple times mentioned that uh, Ghost of Tsushima is its best selling one of actually yeah best selling new IP of all time um definitely last last generation it was the best selling new IP um i think it's gone on to to be one of the i think overall one of the best selling new IPs of any console um which is even more impressive when you think about the idea that it's it's an exclusive game only being sold on PlayStation 4 um so with that news that came out <sighs> Oh boy, things things got a little things got a little dicey. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the old leads of Days Gone went on to call out Sony, basically mentioning that, um, to their knowledge, they Days Gone also sold roughly eight million copies. I think I think the number was closer to seven million copies, and that Sony considered it an abject failure. Um, they he uh, this this uh, developer went on to talk about how. Sony wanted nothing to do with Days Gone 2, didn't want to hear anything about Days Gone 2, kind of shuttered the studio in, in a sense. Um, you know, again, hearing that a game is essentially selling about 7 million copies, like sales sales matter, right? Like, it's obvious sales matter. I know that the game just got destroyed in reviews. And I personally, having played Days Gone, I think some of the some of the reviews were justified. Like, it is kind of an iffy game, but I still enjoyed it. I had fun with it. I didn't beat it, but um, I thought that some of the systems that they created, like some of the technology in the game was pretty interesting, how they could have, like, millions and what seemed like millions of zombies flooding in at you at any given moment and, like, have that moment-to-moment, like, um, anxiety of having to figure out what to go do next. Like, I thought it was a really cool idea. And honestly, a lot of games, a lot of new IP they don't really start off the best, right? It's 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 a it's an idea that doesn't always get to fully get flushed out, but you know, it gets released, they they garner some attention, and then usually the second try is where most studios will really nail it, right? Like if you you know, even even like Halo, Halo was an amazing game when it initially came out, but then Halo 2 was like, oh my god, like this took things to the next level. I think um in the interview that this developer had made, I think they mentioned something about Killzone, the original Killzone didn't do particularly well in the reviews, but the second one came out and it was like a masterpiece. Well, I, I wouldn't say masterpiece, but like it was a much better game. Like I think it got like nineties overall, whereas the first one got seventies. So 
it's an interesting conversation to talk about here. You know, definitely want to um, give Ghost of Tsushima its, its roses. It deserves the 8 million copies that it sold. It's, it obviously was a successful game. But what is it about Days Gone? Why is it that um, Sony, you know, just kind of washed its hand of, of that game, mm-hmm. that franchise as a whole? Like, it clearly could have been something. Um, so what do you guys think? Maybe I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, just reading this whole article by Kotaku, I mean, it's pretty funny because, like, Every idea that uh, sorry uh, that they were pitching to them, they kind of like shut down, except for like a siphon filter remake or reboot. And like they're even talking about how like the game just felt like bland and didn't even feel right. And they didn't want to like make a basic game because it's just like it's not what they wanted. So like, I don't know if it's just like Sony being like they just didn't want like a Days Gone 2 because it's just like another generic basic zombie game. Or like you said, the scores were pretty like low for like a standard AAA title game that you would want to be, you know. And I, I could understand that nowadays, you know, making video games isn't cheap like as it was back in the day. So like, you know, it's pretty expensive investment and they wouldn't want to like risk, you know, wasting more money on a game that's not going to be successful. But at the same time, it's not fair to just like shut it down completely, especially um, when you compare this to Ghost of Shishima selling pretty much the same. And, you know, I think this game has like a pretty good fan base. I mean, they're all defending the game to the end. And next thing you know, it's just like Sony's not complying with a remake. And it's like, you know, what's the point? So I just think it's kind of shady in Sony's part a little bit. But at the same time, I understand it is a business. You don't want to, like, invest in something that won't be as successful as, let's say, like a Ghost of Shishima 2 uh, or so. Yeah. Um, one of the things, so I, I was just kind of taking a peek at the article, too, after you had mentioned it. So it seemed like in addition to the Cypher Filter game, which honestly, I'm... I'm kind of sad to hear that they may not actually be making because of the siphon filter. Uh, but they also did pitch um, an open world resistance game too. I mean, that, that got shut down. Yeah, yeah, that got shut down too. It's like, it's it's weird to me, right? Like, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess at some level it makes sense, right? If the game wasn't as successful as you want it to be, you don't necessarily want them to touch some of your bit, like, more well-known IPs. But it just sucks, man. Like, I don't know. Like it's, and it it seems like this uh, this particular <clears throat> developer, his name is Jeff, Jeff Ross, by the way. He was the former director of the studio. You know, it makes sense that that's why he left. It makes sense as to why he's the former head of the studio because it seems like they kind of got blackballed in a way. Um, you know, like an open world resistance game sounds dope. Like I I actually would have loved to have seen that. Obviously, the cipher filter game would have been dope as well. Um, so it just it just sucks that you know one studio who actually did make a successful game by all accounts from, from a sales standpoint, um, it had just got shit on. And like, you know, mm-hmm. obviously it, it seems like the, the structure of that studio is probably very different right now. Um, again, soccer punish deserves all the credit in the world. You know, they definitely made a fantastic game. The, the numbers showed it. And obviously the, uh, the review score showed it, but I guess it kind of leans into a question that, you know, I posed at the beginning, um, like before we actually started this, is like, should Sony be prioritizing this like review scores or should they be prioritizing sales? Because review scores, in essence, just talk to what a reviewer sees, whereas sales, you know, is 
I guess at some level should translate to what the audience wants. So, you know, Chris, what do you think about that? Um, in my opinion, I, I think it should go off of the, uh, some of it should be going off of the sales for sure. But I think majority of it should be going off of the, the user ratings and the reviews. Mm. Um, especially if you're getting a lot of different love from different like areas on the internet or in, in real life or whatever. It's just, it's one of those things where it's like, if you see the demand for this game, how many other games get made off of not even as much of a demand? You know what I'm saying? And they, they get, they get multiple sequels. Mm. Um, the reason why I'm hesitant to say that it should be based on the money thing is because this whole entire story tells me that whatever Sony's metric is for uh, like your sales goal, it has to be like individual to every game. It has to be, because if that was the case, then if they do close numbers to Ghost of Tsushima, then they should be receiving the same level of, of glory and success, right? But they're not. So I don't know if it's a budget thing. I don't know if Days Gone maybe had a huge ass budget and they like fucked all that up. Maybe that's what happened. Mm. Um, I, I don't know, man, but it, it's, it's strange to me how that works. All I can say is somehow somebody somewhere is convincing folks to keep making serious sand games, right? <laughs> no, I gotta bring it up. Oh, I gotta man. bring it up. Because oh, serious sand part four is in Game Pass right now, people. <laughs> Game Pass right now. <laughs> like <laughs> that game's fire though. Bro. Some of these games that get sequels nowadays does not make any sense. They're literally convincing somebody to spend money and resources to make additional games that are trash. And for maybe Serious Hand Force it. Maybe this. I don't understand how they got to this point. You gotta sit down with somebody and convince them. Or maybe the numbers are really good. I wish we had a little bit more um a little bit more understanding as to how that kind of works, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're we're a little foggy on that. You know, we don't really have the exact metrics on how that would work. I wish, like earlier before we started, you know, we, we were able to find uh, new IPs and their sales numbers within a certain time frame, you know, when they were released, because that would give us a lot more idea on how newer games in general kind of do, you know. I can also say this is kind of like also one of them games where I don't think Sony gave it a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, promotion. Like they did give it a decent amount, but not like some of these other games, nowhere near. Um. Yeah, I guess TLDR. I'm confused on how this whole process works and why they make the decisions that they make. And and I, I don't know, man. It just feels like one of these kind of stories comes out at least once every six months or once every year for Sony, where it's a communication thing or I don't know what it is, but the, the way they're doing something is weird over there, and I really can't figure it out because Microsoft never has stories like these. Ever. Not anymore. Microsoft used to have oh, yeah, some, yeah. Some, some interesting stories in the past, but <clears throat> yeah, it, it does feel like to your point, you know, Sony and developers are in a weird place right now. You know, again, Sony's in a position of power. I do think last generation, they were a lot more willing to, to make some risky choices, it's like certain risky choices, I guess you could say. Um, <clears throat> but like, I remember PS3, um, maybe like early days of PS4, they were a lot more experimental games, you know, like, like based on this current structure, 
or this current mindset that it seems like Sony has, like we would never have gotten games like flower right in the past, you know, like that, that was a pretty high, like critically acclaimed game, but it was, it was not, I don't want to use the word weird, but it was different for the gaming industry at the time. Right. Like I think flow was the first one and then flower was the next one or something along those lines. But you know, that game was basically just like, you're you're like a little, (laughs) uh, I don't know, trail of light, just like kind of floating around the world and whatnot. Like those, you know, those indie games at, at that point, it was just like, Sony was like, okay, like we will fund just about anything. <laughs> like, just go make it. We'll we'll have games. We'll have weird games. We'll have um, our our traditional like first person shooters. We'll have our third person, you know, adventure games. All that stuff. It was like they had just about everything. And then they they really like honed in on their niche with the third person action adventure stuff. And as the generation turned with the PlayStation four and like they got more successful, more successful, more successful. We just kept seeing more of the third person action adventure games and less risky games. I think the, the biggest risk based game that they've made recently is Returnal, but you know, it was, it was pretty critical, critically acclaimed. Um, even though, you know, we, we had our own opinions about it on the podcast. Um, I think you just see less and less risk from Sony. So like, I think if this was in the, the days of the PS3 and Days Gone had come out and it sold its 8 million, even though it wasn't critically acclaimed, I think they would have pushed for a second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it just seems like they're really, they're very risk averse now. Um, and I mean, they're still doing well. It doesn't, I guess it doesn't necessarily matter, but does it, is it making like the best experience for like the gamers at the end of the day? Like we're not getting our game passes. We're not getting, you know, the, as risky of games as days gone to, which would probably have been a great game because I think there really was a good foundation in the original days gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now we're getting all these remakes, right? Like supposedly there's going to be a last of us remaster or remake or whatever. It's like, do we, need that? <laughs> like, we, we don't need that. You know, like, uh, I mean, I feel like, dude, I feel like they release these definitive editions. Mm-hmm. Because like the sales initially like probably wasn't like to their expectations, right. and instead of giving us a free next gen upgrade, they're like, let's just throw in a definitive edition name next to it, and people will buy it. And you know it's sad because people will buy it. And they, they will buy it. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and you know that's another thing. Like, does that does that skew the numbers for Ghost of Tsushima? Right. So, I, I personally think so. I'm, yeah. You know, because they had that that other edition and it had all the PS5 enhancements and all that other stuff. Like, uh, did that skew the numbers really? Like, did it re- was it really going to get eight million if you didn't do that? I mean, I, it still made that number, but it's mm-hmm. interesting to think about too, right? Like, uh, you, uh, I don't know. It's really foggy, bro. We just don't got enough info, bro, to like really make a a dedicated judgment on how they're running shit over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And sometimes, so sometimes these companies are really dodgy with numbers too. I know Microsoft is, has been extremely dodgy with um, the sales numbers on the Xbox Series S and X. Like starting last year, or sorry, not last year, last generation, they were dodgy with the the sales numbers on actual systems. So I feel like companies in general have been kind of um, more curated with announcing. Like it, in the past, it used to be like every month we would know exactly how many systems were getting announced through N- npd numbers and so on and so forth now it's like that those numbers don't exist <laughs> it's like it's hard to kind of understand like how many s- copies were sold versus shipped and this and that um so yeah i think these companies nowadays are definitely like skewing numbers and and telling us what they want to, you know they're controlling the narrative basically they're telling mm-hmm. us exactly what they want us to know about 
a particular game has come out and so on and so forth. So it's interesting to say the least. Um, I honestly, what I would hope would happen because I do like the, the structure and the way that days gone was done. I kind of wish a lot of the guys who worked on days gone and really wanted to have that stuff done, like go leave and go work for a uh, fucking state of decay developer, uh, undead labs. Like imagine state of decay with like the mechanics that were introduced in days gone and like really getting like all those crazy ass zombies on screen at once and stuff. I think that would be really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Alas, I don't think that would happen. It's just waste of potential because like, you know, I remember we were talking earlier in the podcast uh, before actually that we started that episode, we were talking about like games like Uncharted didn't sell like, you know, 8 million copies, but like they got their sequels and we see how successful games like that has been. So, right. you know, just give them a chance. You know? All it takes is, you know, some trial and error and to just learn from the mistakes and give them, you know, a better game in the end. That's it. Man. Serious Sam has people running around with no head off screaming. And they got three sequels. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I feel like it's a bad comparison because, like, uh, who makes Serious Sam? Like, they're Serious Sam is not a triple A game. You know what I'm saying? But they, you would think so. Just looking at how many sequels they get, man. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, it's, like, it's it's really about the studio. Like, if it's if mm-hmm. the studio doesn't care about the quality of work that they're putting out necessarily, like they'll just keep putting that game out because they'll make a little bit of money here and there. But like, Sony's never going to make a serious Sam, right? So, like, relatively speaking, it's 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 an interesting comparison, and I definitely get what you mean. But like, it's not like I don't think I don't think even EA or like Ubisoft or any of the the bigger publishers are actually. You know what? Let's look it up. Who makes serious Sam? Let's see. That's a good question. <laughs> I'm floored every time I see this game in a catalog somewhere. Every time, really? See, that makes sense. Revolver, yeah, that makes sense to me. It does, but it still doesn't explain some of the 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 other shit. But it it does make sense that it comes from Revolver. It seems like a game they would put out. Yeah, like Devolver's just kind of, you know. So is like, this like one of their like, like main ideas? Yeah. Is this one of their like their inners? Um, it must be. Yo, what? Serious Sam Four came out. What's the reception on it? Mixed, mixed, uh, mix of average reviews. Came out September twenty fourth. Wow. Metacritic of seventy three. Wait, of twenty twenty one. 2020, Series M4. I did, I did get crazy. a Series X upgrade. Yeah. You know what, Chris? I'm going to say, download. Download. that's going to be a stream right there. Maybe you just have to play the game, man. You just got to, you know, get on it and actually try it. Yo, watch him just be obsessed, man. Like, oh, it's the best game ever. I take back everything I said. When, I, when I'm on Google right now with Series 7, it says it looks like a new Series game is coming later this month. <laughs> and that was one day ago. <laughs> that would be the biggest crow I've ever eaten in my life. Yo, Series 7 coming out later this month. Yo, oh my God. The biggest crow. Wow. Like, if I download this game and I actually think it's a hitter. Chris going to come back and be like, yeah, I might as well just replace let me tell you my early contenders. I have no back. legitimacy to anything I say anymore. Just replace me. <laughs> oh, shit. Jesus, man. Chris might have wow. a sleeper of 2022 already. Right there. Serious yeah, Sam yeah, 5. Yeah. Or whatever spinoff yeah. this is about to be. Bro, they gave the screaming dudes heads. 
and now the game is fire. I don't even know what else to say, bro. It's crazy. I'd never be able to get over watching my brother play that game and just sitting there watching him like, bro, you like this? <laughs> they make all types of stupid games for all types of stupid things. Okay. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the beauty of gaming, right? It's something for everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, <laughs> switch, switching gears a little bit here. So okay. you know, we talked about the controversy around Sony this week, but they did have a, a major, major W this week. Uh, with the announcement of PlayStation VR 2. So, uh, they did go ahead and announce that at CES. And just a a quick little rundown on the specs here, because they really didn't give us too much information, but it is, you know, something that we definitely want to talk about for sure. So, um, PlayStation VR 2 is going to have a 4K HDR display um, with a 110-degree field of view, which is kind of pretty on par, industry standard, as far as the field of view um, but not too many headsets have the full 4K HDR. So that's a big one. Um, so let's see here. They say, I don't know what exactly what this means, but foveated rendering, um, the headset based inside out tracking, a USB connection. So it's a single connection directly to the PS5, an OLED display, which is definitely not industry standard in VR headsets, um, 3D audio, which Sony has done a pretty good job of their own proprietary 3D audio. Um, 90 hertz and 120 hertz refresh rate support, which is something that already exists in the Quest 2 and a couple other headsets. Um, now, it doesn't say it here, but one of the things that I remember them mentioning was that there's actually eye tracking inside the headset. That alone for me, because a lot of these other features, like I think, you know, the, the Quest 2 can do 4K. I just don't think it has as high of a, a pixel density in each eyelid. Um, I don't think it does HDR, so that's definitely one thing that it has the, the heads up on. Um, the OLED display is something it has the heads up on. But that eye tracking situation in VR, that could be huge. Game changer, Game changer right there. That that could be something completely different. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that Sony does a better job this time around with like showcasing like like triple A level games. Like, in my opinion, the only AAA level um, VR game that's existed so far is Half-Life Alex. That game is absolutely fantastic. That's like that game can only be made in VR. There's no other way to make that game. It's top from top to bottom made with VR in mind. And Valve did an amazing job with it. So it deserved all the the VR game of the year awards it got and so on and so forth because it was fantastic. I want to see Sony take like all the plot, all the the, the um, franchises that they have, like Uncharted and so on and so forth, and make that level of a game because they have the studios, you know, um, Insomniac, for example, Insomniac, they they were out here making um, some of the best early Quest, or not Quest, Oculus Rift games. Like now, Sony bought them. Like you should just be. I mean, I guess they don't want to make them do anything, especially when they're making the Spider Man games and they're fucking killing that. But you know, like some of the people who are working on the VR games, you'd have to like, you'd want them to make something for this new hardware that you're making. That's, you know, on paper sounds fantastic. Now, with that being said, they did announce a new game coming um, from Guerrilla Games. It's called Horizon Call of the Mountain. Um, we got like a, a brief glimpse of it. You know, obviously it's, it's a VR game. Um they didn't really show off any of the gameplay. They just kind of showed a moment of you on a boat kind of going through like a forest or something. And then there's a, one of the big creatures kind of stepping over you. It looked cool, but you know, again, we have no idea what to really expect from it. 
Um, it looks like the the controllers for this VR headset are going to take advantage of the um, haptic feedback. The haptic feedback that's in the dual sense <laughs> controllers. What's the what's the the technology with the triggers? Uh, oh, the, the adaptive triggers. Adaptive triggers, yeah. So it's going to have the adapt- adaptive triggers, which I think is like another amazing thing for VR, right? I mean, I feel like having the adaptive triggers on the PlayStation controller really does do a lot for immersion. So, you know, by virtue, it should do even more for a VR experience. Um, I just I just want to know more. And I think it's one of those weird situations where Sony just like dropped like small details. And then when everybody asks like, oh, when do we when should we expect this? It's like nothing crickets no, no time frame no nothing and it's like okay that's cool like everything about this looks dope as fuck right like like if this released right now this would be the absolute best vr headset hands down point blank period yeah but if we have no idea when it's coming out I, like i would put money on the the fact that facebook or meta or whatever they're calling themselves nowadays is going to be dropping a new oculus headset like this year right um mm-hmm. and if the quest 2 was already touching some aspects of these these uh specs i would have to imagine that if if they really want to go for it cuz here's the thing about the quest right it's completely wireless and it's it's an absolutely game changing experience if all you need is just the so like let's say the quest 3 comes out and it has even i don't know let's say half of these things that they've announced so far let's say it has the eye tracking and all that stuff if it's completely untethered from a system and i don't need a playstation i don't need an xbox i don't need a pc and then this this thing comes out like i don't know it just to me it's like is this something that really can can move the market right now because you know vr isn't really where it should be in my opinion, as far as like the, the mass appeal, like the quest two is the most successful VR headset that there is. But the, I think the original PlayStation VR, like if I remember correctly, it only sold what, like 6 million units or something like that. I, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm torn on this. Cause if this dropped today, different story, I would go get one. We'd be out here. But if this ends up coming next year or like at the end of this year, and Oculus, you know, comes out with a, a Quest Three and and like has way better specs or even on par specs, and but it's completely wireless. You know, obviously the differentiator would have to be the game. So I think if 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 Sony's going to do this, they really need to present a lot of games, like like fucking my siphon filter game in VR. You know, like all all, all the shit they have to come with literally their whole catalog of, of franchises and just be like, yo, this is what we bring to the table. We're PlayStation. Our games are world-class. Here's world-class VR. Cause that's, that's the only thing that's really going to differentiate themselves. And that, I don't think they did that with the original PlayStation VR. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I agree. You know, it's like we got this great hardware, you know, these promising, great looking, you know, specs and everything like that. But like, if there's nothing to showcase for it, like no games, like all we got right now is that Horizon game that is like would be optimized probably well for this VR headset. Like then we're pretty much relying on like backwards compatibility, even if that is a thing or not, because we don't even know that's not confirmed yet. We don't even know if you'll be able to play like the old VR games with this, mm-hmm. possibly. But like, you know, we, you got to show us something more because I'm sure you can't hook this up to a PC and play, you know, those VR games on Steam. So it's like, you know, what do you have to offer for me to want to shell out possibly three, four hundred dollars, depending on what the price is, 
and you know is it really even worth it at this point when like you say you got the quest which is truly wireless if you want to hook it up you can i'm sure and like connect it to probably a pc and be able to play from there as well whereas this is just you're tied down to the playstation 5 console which you know sucks yeah yeah it's like the, the majority of people who want vr they're they're gonna get a pc you know mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's like, all right, A, these these PlayStation 5s are hard enough to come by. And I understand that ultimately they're doing this for the customer who has a PlayStation 5. But when you really want to look at like mass appeal, I don't I don't want to have to be tethered to my PlayStation 5 to like to, if, if I could just get something that's completely wireless, download all my games, boom, 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 boom. Like mm-hmm. I can play my Beat Saber wirelessly. I could play um I could play Half-Life Alex on a quest, right? The the, the quality is not really as good, but there's a lot of flexibility there. Like I can I can play on my quest wirelessly or I can plug it into my PC and do all the, you know, the, the PC games that aren't on the quest like store. So when you look at it that way and it's like, okay, all I have to do is spend my what, 400, $500. I think it's 400 to just get one headset and I'm good to go with all the stuff that I want to do. Mm-hmm. In contrast, it's like, all right, let's, let's assume that this drops at that same price. The headset drops at the same price. So let's say three to $400 for the headset and then mm-hmm. another $500 for the system. It's like, that's mm-hmm. not, that's not accessible at all. And I think if Sony could nail that part, if they, if they went completely wireless with this thing, although I don't know if they'd be able to get the power to do the, the 4k HDR and all that stuff, like, you know, and have the graphics look as good, like on the headset. But if they could pull that off, that's, that's a different story. Now we're really talking. Cause if it's completely untethered, completely wireless and it drops, like, let's say in the spring or something, forget about it. That's a different story, but mm-hmm. alas, I don't know. I don't know. Chris, um, I know, have you really had too much experience with VR at all? Or a little bit here and there. Um, I think it's, I don't think it's a negative at all. I think the main problem with VR is, um, I still don't think they've had that one game that's like indisputable. Like, I feel like we know Half-Life was pretty good for what it was and it it definitely got a lot of high praise, but I don't know if every single person out there is like running to go play Half-Life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really feel like this, this, the game that they need in order for it to fully take off doesn't exist yet. That's just my opinion. Mm. Um, because <clears throat> I think when you're talking about VR, they, they've got to like push it a little with the immersion in terms of me having a big ass headset on my head. And because that's the whole point of it to feel like I'm in the game. And I feel like Hellblade does a better job of making me feel immersed and stuff like Forza and stuff rather than almost anything I've ever tried and then a VR headset. Mm. And that's without a headset, you know, that's with a controller. So I just need them to kind of bridge that gap a little better for me personally, for me to kind of like be like, all right, because as of now, there is no game currently out on any platform, any headset where I'm like, yo, I got to get this. I got to get this. The headset thing or the VR stuff right now still comes off as very, complimentary but not essential you know what i'm saying absolutely um and that that's kind of where my issue is with it i just wish it did become more of an essential thing because i think the games and the stuff that they do with it would be a lot more over overreaching like a lot of that stuff would reach out to the casuals and stuff a little bit better yeah um honestly the the biggest the like vr's killer app is beat saber and like (laughs) like that that is the biggest vr game period and it's 
like a lot of people are interested in it, uh, interested in VR because of Beat Saber. But like ultimately, it's Beat Saber. You know, like I, I love yeah. Beat Saber. Don't get me wrong, but it's like you're spending like four hundred dollars for an indie game. Like Saber? Yeah, it's uh, like nah. You know, like like okay, yeah, this is this is the new age rock band or, or Guitar Hero or whatever. Like it's cool, it's dope, but. Are yeah. you gonna really dive into VR for that one game? No, no. You, you yeah. need you need something else or a suite of other games. Like, right. and again, I I do think there's some there's some actual bangers out there. Like the the Resident Evil Four VR game um, that came out last year, pretty good. The Medal of Honor game that's VR only, very good. Half Life Alex, very good. But nothing like. Oh my God! I need this, yeah. you know, like, yeah. like there's no Halos, there's no Ghost of Tsushima's, like, like oh my God, this experience can only exist in VR. I'm extremely right, immersed. Yeah. This is amazing. I've never experienced mm-hmm. anything like that before. It doesn't exist yet, so I'm hoping, mm-hmm. you know, this this year, if if PlayStation VR drops this year or two drops this year, I'm hoping this is the year where we get that. Um, but I do think it's it might be a little bit of a ways out. I'm an I'm an enthusiast, so I'm always gonna get something like this. If if this is better than whatever the Oculus thing is at the time of release, I'm probably gonna get this. But mm-hmm. yeah. in general, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see, man. There's certain games I think that would work so well in this format that they just haven't done it yet. Like, remember that game that was like really big, the whole um you could actually play it on your cell phone, the the trivia game? They were talking about bringing back something like that is dope as hell in a headset, in a VR headset, in my opinion. Because then it's different. Then it's like you're in a crowd with everybody else. You're a contestant on a show. Oh, now you know you're talking like, about the metaverse, shit, right? Yeah, a little probably- bit, but like not not as advanced as the metaverse stuff that we were talking about before. But like, yeah, in a, in a sense, yes. You know, it's kind of like you're you're actually in it. Or um, trying to think of another example I could give you guys of like a game that would like work. Um. Oh shit! I can't think of nothing else outside my head right well, now. Even a Forza, any any of that stuff. I was just game, gonna say that. I was just gonna yeah, say like that. that would work. Like that stuff would be really, really, really well done if they did it the right way. They just gotta keep searching and, and dig a little harder and find those games that kind of will do it. But um, I think you could play. <laughs> Forza with a VR headset, right? Like on PC or no? I think you can, but it's not like it's not like optimized. Yeah, like it's not tailored for that. I think you can you can do it, and I think there are like mods that help the experience along. But like it's not Mm. like Microsoft didn't make that experience. And I true. It's the one thing. Like it's like I love that Sony's like all in on this, but I kind of wish. I wish Microsoft. I understand why Microsoft isn't all in on it, but I wish that they could come out with like. I don't know, a hundred or two hundred dollar headset that is supplementary to the Xbox. That's wireless though. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. you go put on and it's like, all right, like I will play I'm still using my controller. I don't necessarily need to have like the the crazy abstract controller stuff, but like I still use my regular Xbox controller and I can play Forza, you know, like look left, look right, do that type of thing. <clears throat> like I wish I wish that there was an affordable way for them to do that. But like, yeah. I mean, I think Phil Spencer had said in the past, he's like, we don't really want to do VR unless we can do it wirelessly and add something that that nobody else can add. And I don't think uh, I don't think anybody necessarily can do that right now. I mean, I guess Facebook has the resources to do so because it seems like they're they really are kind of like leading the charge on the whole VR thing. They're kind of <laughs> the face of it right now. 
Um, which no pun intended. <laughs> which sucks. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, Oculus is a great company, and they've done some really amazing things. So I don't know. I'm 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 hoping that the next Oculus will be better than the specs that they've outlined in this PlayStation VR two. But these specs so far look good. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Just I guess at some point for me, it's like past the specs. Yeah, like you said, you gotta see the games. Specs, I'm not. They don't sound good on paper, but they don't mean shit unless the games are in, you know. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I will say the specs. The specs will help with the immersion, though. Like you know that, yeah. that 4K yeah. HDR, all that stuff. It'll definitely help with the immersion. But like, if the games aren't hitting, I don't. I don't want to do this, you know. Like most of the games that I'm playing on my Quest Two, like they're fun. They're they're fun as hell. But like, they're nobody's gonna be mistaking them for like groundbreaking. Like you're not gonna put on your headset and be like, "Oh, am I in the real world or am I like?" No, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> like you're not. You Unless know, you like, want something. Like uh, when Unreal Engine Five, well, uh, it'll probably hit that. But because Unreal Engine is just extremely versatile. But when a, Unreal Engine Five hits a VR headset and looks like that Matrix experience, then we can talk. Then it's like, yeah. all right, boom! Yeah. Like this is this is what I want to yeah. see in the metaverse. Yeah. And this is how things are gonna pop off. But alas, it is what it is, man. We'll uh, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm definitely gonna keep my eye out for for more information from from Sony in general. I you know I'm really curious to see what they're gonna do this year in total outside of the yeah. VR stuff. Uh, I know many you and I were talking earlier. There's a rumor that there's gonna be a PlayStation event in February. So hoping it's uh, it's not just the standard state of play and it's something more substantial. <laughs> but yeah. We'll see what what Sony's got up their sleeve this year, man. Yeah, definitely. It will. It will. Yeah, I think. Uh, but I think we'll leave it here for now, guys. Um, you know, not not too much else to talk about about this stuff. We we're really just in wait and see mode right now. There's going to be plenty of rumors coming down the line. You know, plenty of other things that we'll talk about in the coming weeks and months. Um, but yeah, we're going to head out for now. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Now, before we get out of here, Manny, you know, start us off. Where can the people find you? Yeah, you already know. Uh, Twitch.tv slash GooMasterFlex, as well as Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch. Not Twitch, um, TikTok at GooMasterFlex. The only difference is on uh, Instagram, it's GooMasterFlex underscore TTV. And uh, everything else is just GooMasterFlex underscore. All right, all right. Mr. 525, what about you, man? Uh, you guys already know I am available on everything at MAY25TH. XX. It's very essential. You don't forget the XX. Um, yeah, that's 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 what it is. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll ask you, boy. For sure. And uh, for me, guys, you already know it's Black Ice Eight on everything: Xbox, Twitter, Twitch.tv slash Black Ice Eight. Um, on Instagram and TikTok, you can find me at Black Ice Eight underscore Gaming. Make sure to hit me up. Let me know what you guys think. Um, and then also, you know, to hit us up on the the podcast social media sites uh, on. Twitter, raw Twitter and Instagram. It's at Xpack Pod on uh, TikTok. You can find us at Expansion Pack Podcast. And uh, of course, also let us know what you guys think in the comments down below. Thank you guys again for watching and listening. We'll check you guys out next week. Peace. Hiya.